Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back once again to another edition of You Know It's Fake, right? The ongoing battle with the dirtiest four-letter word in professional wrestling. And uh, first of all, this is episode eight. We're moving right along, almost into the double digits now. Uh, My guest this week, of course, is Big underscore Bane, which is so bizarre for me to interview Bane, not because it's weird or anything, it's just... I've never really interviewed him, I guess. And and I and I look at these more as conversations more than interviews or hard-hitting questions. I, I want this to be an open, candid conversation about why pro wrestling has the stigma that it has. Um, oddly enough, like I said, I've I had a lot of reservations about calling it, you know, it's fake, right? Because I felt like that was such a it's a jarring title. It's, it comes across, especially from a pro wrestler, as disrespectful. At least that's what I was worried about. That's why I put that subtext in there about it being the dirtiest four-letter word in pro wrestling. And considering pro wrestling uh, has a has its fair share of four-letter words, I felt that was a nice little play there. But Bane was the guy I really wanted to talk to about this um, simply because I feel like even though he's not personally involved in the wrestling business, not that he hasn't been because he has been, He's done ring announcing. He's managed me in a couple of matches. Um, he's done commentary. Obviously, we do PHPW, which is which is not really a real thing. It's a, a fun hobby, but he's done a lot of different things involved in wrestling, but never from a full-time basis. But he being, you know, let's call a spade a spade. He's a white male doing hip-hop that gets a certain thought process. Oh, you're Eminem. Oh, you're Vanilla Ice. And here's the thing. You can listen to the opening song on this. That's Big Underscore Bane if you're not familiar with him. The dude's music is amazing. I'm not a hip-hop guy, but I know when something sounds good. I know when something is good. I know like when I'm sitting there repeating it or singing along to it, that's a catchy tune. That takes talent. But because he's a normal guy outside of his music, that will always be a conversation. Oh, you're a rapper. It's it's almost no different than like oh you're a pro wrestler huh yeah you do that wrestling stuff and it because people sometimes can't I guess in a normal society process something like that where me being a pro wrestler if I met a guy who was a musician I'm like oh that's cool man you know I get it I get the hustle I get all of that sometimes outside people don't and that's why they act weird and we're gonna touch on a lot of that today which I'm very excited about um, we we talk about this a little bit but he's made an analogy in the past where people find out he's a rapper, they start rapping to him, which he equates, that would be like someone finding out you're a pro wrestler and just coming up and start putting you in a headlock or something. Very odd behavior, <laughs> but uh, I'm looking forward to you guys getting to hear it. It's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's always cool chopping it up with Bane. And uh, if you're a Breaker and Bane's Power Hour fan, you kind of get a double dose this week. So I'm not going to take you uh, too much longer on this intro. I'm going to kick it over to my conversation with Big underscore Bane.
All right, so I am sitting here about to conduct an interview with a guy who I have spent hours and hours and hours podcasting with, but I've never interviewed. Yeah. Dude, it's weird, right? It's really weird. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. super weird. <laughs> like, I mean, it's not like the weirdest thing in the world because we literally just got done recording something else, but I'm right. having you as a guest on, you know, it's fake, right? The ongoing battle with the dirtiest four-letter word in pro wrestling. Um so me and you, of course, to give a little bit of backstory, people have not heard Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. We were buddies in school, mm-hmm. found wrestling, kind of developed a bond through that. You know, we kind of graduate, we kind of go our separate ways. You went into the music, I went into wrestling. But, um, you know, later in life, we kind of reconnected. Started Power Hour 2014, which is crazy to think it's been that long. Yeah. Over 360 episodes now. and uh, But you've, you've always been a wrestling fan. Um Obviously, you're a fan of music and things like that. Um, to to you, what's it like being just a a fan of wrestling and in, in like the public perception of if someone finds out, oh, you're a wrestling fan? It's it's a lot harder to be a wrestling fan than it is to say like be an NFL fan or something like that because that's that's like very very accepted, right? Like I can't I can't go and be like. Hey, did you catch Raw last night? Did you catch AEW? You know, I mean, because most of the time, nobody's going to know what you're talking about. And it's a lot. Because even, I feel like even people who aren't football fans, like, you can be like, hey, did you catch the game last night? And be like, oh, yeah, I saw a little bit of it, you know. Well, it's like The Office. Like, did you see the game last night? Which one? Which one? Yeah. Uh, um, all of them. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it's just that, like, I'm trying to, I'm uncomfortable, so I'm trying to have a conversation. Right. But, like, wrestling, people are okay with making you look, or try to, trying to make you look stupid. I feel like society is kind of taking a turn now, and I and I kind of incorporate that with comic book movies, where it's, I feel like 10 years ago, maybe, it would have been, well, maybe not 10 years ago, 20 years ago, let's say, it'd been weird to be like, can't wait to go see Iron Man. Right. Because it's like, really, you're going to watch that cartoon movie? Right. We're going to go watch a new Arnold film, you know? Right. Or we're watching a football game or whatever. Now it's like, every it's like almost more accepting. But I don't yeah. know if wrestling's there yet. I don't think so. And I, I think I think wrestling should be close. But I think it, you know, because it's, I feel like it's on the same playing field. Yeah. You know, it's just obviously nobody has superpowers in, in pro wrestling. But like. I feel like it should be kind of in the same ballpark, but it's it just it's not there. And I think a lot of that has to do with its the storylines haven't caught up to uh, superhero storylines. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot more depth to like you mentioned Iron Man. There's a lot more depth to these Iron Man movies than what they would have been in the early '80s. Sure, you know, so sure. it's totally totally different. I feel like wrestling hasn't really caught up to that. Yeah. Well, when you're watching a Marvel movie or a comic book movie in general, usually it's super over the top storylines. But when you're watching it, it all seems possible. No, oh, yeah, yeah. So if it seems like real life, you yeah. kind of take a step back, like, okay, that's pretty campy, right? But the presentation is all there. Yep. And then you know, I know with wrestling, the weird thing to me is the way they blur storylines. You don't necessarily believe what they're selling to you. Like I remember hearing stone cold almost broke his neck and he almost did. Yeah. But because he was well enough to still be on TV, just not wrestle. That's when they had him start stunning everybody. Right. So I remember telling people like, well, he broke his neck. Like, well, he wouldn't be out there. He broke his neck. That's not real. Right. And so now they're taking something that's very real and people aren't buying it because of the way that they're 
putting it out there. Yeah. So it's almost like that weird reverse, like he's doing it to stay on TV and stay relevant. Right. But in in reality, maybe did a disservice to how people look at the business. Could be, yeah. I mean, that, that makes a whole lot of sense to me. But at the same time, I mean, what the hell do you do? Right. It, it's a weird, it's a weird <laughs> thing, right? He's your, he's your top guy. Yeah. It, it's it's a very, the wrestling business has always just been very weird. So for you, like when you when you were young, like what, what drew you into wrestling? I feel like I've been a wrestling fan since I was in the, in the crib. Like I, I don't. I don't remember a time when I wasn't a wrestling fan because my dad was really into wrestling growing up. He loved Hulk Hogan, loved Ultimate Warrior. I mean, yeah, I mean, he was. So you kind of grew up watching it. Yeah, you? yeah. And so uh, we, uh, I mean, we grew up watching. I remember I got the, I think we got the, like the first King of the Ring pay-per-view and oh, things nice. like that. And I mean, we, we were we were always big fans of it. But yeah, just never really a time where I didn't really watch wrestling. Always kind of been there. Yeah. I know as you've gotten older, you've probably been a little bit more cyclical where it's like, because I know there's been times, which is weird on the podcast, where you've been way into it and I've yes. been like, oh God, I can't watch wrestling right now. Yeah. And then right now I feel like I'm more into it and you're like, I don't really care. Yeah. It's really hard for me to get into either brands right now. Um, I feel like NXT is the only one that still catches my eye from time to time. But even then, I mean, it's not, it's not what it was three or four years ago, you know, yeah. and I don't know. It's. It's just it's it's different right now, and I don't really know how to explain it. It's just not it's not my cup of tea at the moment. Wrestling is also one of those things where they produce so much of it. Like if you were to try to follow everything WWE did in a week's time, yeah. I don't know how you could. No, like main like who watches main event? Who watches superstar? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like right. I really think about that. Like who's watching this? Yeah, are those still do they exist? Like I don't know, but apparently they're still out there. I feel like it's one of those things. Like those shows are maybe for like kids. But they don't, like, write them out to be for kids, but, like, those are the ones that the kids watch. Oddly enough, Brodus Clay once told me that those shows they oftentimes distribute overseas for free. Oh. And he said, so a lot of, like, those guys were huge in, like, India. Okay. Like, Deuce and Domino, I guess, were huge over there because wow. they wrestled on that show every week. So that's who they knew as stars. Yeah. Which I'm like, wow, that's crazy to think. Yeah. You know, because I remember watching like the superstars opening thing when that first came back. And I was like, Oh, awesome. WWF superstars. I grew up on that. Right. And I'm seeing Taker and Cena and triple H. Yeah. And it's like the main event is our truth. And <laughs> right. Kurt Hawkins. It's like, right. Oh, okay. I yeah. get what this is, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's a very, it's a very weird thing how the wrestling business goes. Um, so me and you met, we, we found that common bond with wrestling. What was that like for you? Cause I know for me, when I hit about seventh or eighth grade wrestling boomed. Yes. Right? And I'm seeing all these Kids wearing NWO Wolfpack shirts and yeah. Austin 316 shirts. But I'm like, wait a minute. I've always been a fan. But I I was also very, like, I didn't just put it out there and tell people. Yep. It was like my, almost like my weird, dirty little secret. It, it was a, it was a guilty pleasure. You sure. Know, growing yeah. up. And, and then when that boom happened, it became one of those things where like you talked to everybody about it, you yeah. know, because everybody was watching. And so. And then it was cool. Right. It was cool for, I mean, really for about a year and a half, two years, you know, yeah. while the NWO was at its peak. Absolutely. I like. Dude, I remember pay-per-view parties. Yeah. All, I mean, all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Everyone was all about Halloween Havoc and WrestleMania yep. and Starcade and stuff. Yep. And it was, uh, it was, it was really cool. I mean, but it, uh. It, it was nice to have more people to talk to about it, but I mean, it was also like, it kind of, that was when I started to realize there are a lot of weirdos who are wrestling fans, <laughs> right. you know? And, uh, and so that, you, that was interesting, you know? And that's another thing you do. Wrestling does attract a certain type of person. Yeah. 
I had this conversation with Gamble, actually. I think it was on here a few weeks ago. And I remember there was this guy who used to come to the Elden shows. And his nickname was Colgate because he did not have the best dental hygiene. Ah, I gotcha. And, like, you talk about wrestling his brother in his front yard and stuff. And we're like, awesome, man. Yeah. You're just like, oh, boy. You know? Right. And I remember thinking, like, because I did a match and the veterans were, like, basically critiquing my psychology. Sure. And the only thing I could think of was, like, I don't think Colgate's getting that. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. Like who are we? Who are we trying to fool here? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't get it, you know. And that's kind of the the people that are watching. Yes, but you know, again, it was also for like, okay, for down the road, if you want to get looked at by the right people, you need to understand this type of stuff. Yeah. So I get that. But going back to what you were saying, a lot of weirdos are, are wrestling fans, and that's it, like you said, it's kind of a it's kind of a, a guilty pleasure, a dirty secret. You don't really let it out to people. I know. I feel like about ninth grade, maybe tenth grade. That's when the boom wore off. Yep. And all of a sudden, it's like, people are like, I don't watch wrestling anymore. It's not cool anymore. Right. And you're like, oh, okay. But I was still super into it at that point. Yeah. I mean, because that was when I felt like, because that was when Austin and Rock were kind of at their peak. Yeah. And um, and so that, to me, was a really, really big time. And and so I was, I was really into it. I was into it, honestly, like hardcore into it, probably up until about, 2003 mm-hmm. maybe when like the uh the the buyout and all that stuff and then the whole invasion angle kind of wore off yeah i mean i, I until about 2003 i think is when i was kind of like yeah okay i'm done for a little bit just not really where it's like you're just not enjoying the shows yeah and every now and then i would just randomly because I, I was uh every now and then i would randomly tune in but like i wasn't like a huge fan of it and then like i think uh, you're okay with missing it because before this right. man i don't know about you but I'd tape it if I wasn't going to be home. Right. You know, because you can't miss it. Right. But then uh, I think it was like really in 2007 when they kind of turned into the PG era a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of toned everything down. That was really, really when I tuned out because, and every now and then. completely done at that point. Yeah. Every now and then I'd randomly, because I think 2007 I was living on my own. And uh, uh, every now and then I'd kind of maybe just randomly buy a pay-per-view, but like. That was if I'm from maybe my timeline's off a little bit, but that would be like when Great Collie was champion and things like yeah, that. Yeah, right. it's like it's like which is that's also kind of when I got into the business. Right. I noticed for me getting into the business, you know, for I'd never missed Raw. Yeah. You know, and uh, all of a sudden I don't have cable at this new place because I couldn't afford it, and right. it's like I kind of just I stopped caring. I guess it, it, yeah. it's weird. It's not that I didn't follow it or I didn't want to watch it. It just it didn't do it for me like it used to. Yeah. And I always kind of thought that was because I was a wrestler, not yeah. because I was a lapsed fan, but I think it's a little bit of both. I think it is a little bit of both. I mean, you, I would assume, obviously I have no idea, but I would assume like as a wrestler, you start seeing things differently. Sure. And, and then on, on the flip side of that, if, if I was a lapsed fan, me being like growing up a mark my entire life, like you would think that if I'm a lapsed fan, surely you are too. I mean, yeah. Because it's it just it wasn't the same in that time period. I mean, nothing against the guys who were there at the time. I know like Taker and Batista and guys like that were still there. I mean, sure. but it's just something about it just wasn't doing it for me. I know around that time too, something also interesting happened, and I still kind of contribute this to a degree. Talking before about like superstars and all the wrestling that WWE produces, that's all I really watched. Yeah. I would watch reruns of sitcoms, but mostly if wrestling was on, I'm going to watch it. Sure. Around this time. TV shows on DVD were getting popular. Yeah. As were like 
Netflix was starting to come around a little bit. That was when they had DVDs, Netflix, right? Sure. Yeah. And like the streaming service thing kicked over maybe 2009 or 10. I don't remember yeah. the exact timeline, but it's somewhere in there. Well, I remember finding TV TV shows and binge watching them. Yeah. I'm like, wow, these are really good. Yeah. And it was hard for me to fully invest into wrestling now. Yep. When this other form of entertainment's way better. Oh, yeah. And I feel like that kind of hurt the wrestling business. Yeah. It, it really did. I mean, well, and it seemed like TV was being a, a lot more creative because mm-hmm. before that time period, it was a lot of sitcoms. Yeah. I mean, we had Walker, Texas Ranger. Right. And that was great. But like shows like that were few and far between. Dude, there's TV shows now today that I think are better than movies. Yes. You I know? mean, and it's so, it's so easy to binge a TV show. Yeah. Like Cobra Kai. Me and you are huge fans of that. I can watch a season of that's what ten episodes. Yep, half hour, dude. You can watch those in a day if oh, you have nothing yeah. to do. Oh yeah, yeah. And there's there's been shows like that that I have done that. I mean, it's to me it is more interesting than a movie because it's it's one of those things too where like if you need to take a break, you know you can. It's like yes, this is only thirty to forty five minutes. After this, if I need to do something, not a big deal. I'll just watch this and be done. And that also may be a thing too that makes those more appealing because there's an end. Yes. If you want, you're a big Office fan. If you oh, want yeah. to watch The Office, you know it's nine seasons. Right. Season one's pretty short, yep. and basically it's eight full seasons and like six episodes. Yep. But you know, like okay, in a month's time, I can probably watch all of these. Sure. But there's an end point, and then I can watch something else. Wrestling right. it never ends, and I don't know about you, but I started getting DVR at that time, and it's like you have seven episodes of Raw you haven't watched. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> it was well, it was it was giving me anxiety because I couldn't watch it all. Well, and you also know just as well as I do. Wrestling is one of those things where you could have deleted all seven of those episodes, watched next week, and been caught up. Right. You don't really have to watch it week to week because most of the time they're kind of recycling the same stories. The same story's going on, but it hasn't really progressed very far. Uh, or they've just completely scrapped the story and started from scratch with something else. And it, it's kind of crazy. Or like three pay-per-views in a row, they had the same match. Yeah. And like maybe it progressed a little, but not much. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely weird how that how that happens yeah and you're like wow i'm investing a lot of time in this and nothing's really taking place well and wwe has had a bad habit and i'm sure other companies have too but they've always had a bad habit of starting a storyline somebody realizing they don't like it halfway through and cutting it out Mm -hmm. and that's that's kind of been a um a a bothersome thing for me because it's like you 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 halfway get invested into it because it's like maybe you like the guy who's wrestling or whatever but then it's like they just cut that storyline out. All of a sudden, he's a completely different person. It's like, well, it's like hot and cold. It's like that kind of sucks. And you, you've told me before because obviously we look at wrestling differently. Like you were saying, I look at it more for like the matches. I think. Yeah. You are more into the stories. Yeah, I've always been. I mean, not that they're like super compelling, but like, right. <laughs> but it's it's just that it's that's my driving force. I mean, in because of the fact that you're trained, it makes more sense to know that you would be more interested in the match and how the guys work for me. Like I can't, I can't perform a headlock takeover. So like, right. I wouldn't know what a good match is. I mean, but like, so, well, yeah, you say that, but you also like, if you, if you like a guy, it's like, you know, like, Oh, that guy's good. I, I, I know when a guy can work and when a guy can't, but like, I yeah. can't, like all those six star matches that Kenny Omega had, I've always thought like, oh, they weren't bad, yeah. you know. Like I've never been blown out of my mind. Right. But like it's, it's one of those things where like, I don't know. I, I definitely watch it for the storylines, just because that's what wa- makes me want to watch the matches. 
And, you know, if it's a good storyline, it makes me want to watch the matches. Well, and I think that, to me, that's the whole point of... That used to be the whole point of television, right? Yeah, to, to, yeah. to invest you into buying this pay-per-view. Right. The, the whole market changed. I, around the same time we started this podcast with the network, right? Yep. Instead of a $50 pay-per-view, it's nine ninety nine a month. Yeah. And all of them are included. Yeah. Including WrestleMania, which is kind of crazy to think. It's still like that. But it changed their whole business model. But now, because of that, like there's no... I think sometimes the driving force to like, oh, I gotta see this match is kind of gone because they know they kind of got you. Right. It kind of it kind of killed kills you a little bit. And now, I mean, they have NXT on USA, so I mean that they're also, I mean, they're getting a lot of money through that, I would assume. But mm-hmm. like, I mean, that was on the network too. I mean, that for me was a main driving force to keep the network because sure. I loved NXT. Yeah. But it's it's such a different show now. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, and I think it's it, the network was so interesting because they kind of pitched like all these old pay per views, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's awesome!" Oh, yeah, and like it, it's it's really and I'm, this is not a commercial for the network, but it'd be really hard not to. There's so much there, yeah, that it's a great value for what you get. I mean, so much you can watch. It really is, and there have been plenty of times where I've like been like, "I'm going to sit down and watch one of the old Raws because they were only like an hour long at the time." Right, and so it's like watching like 45 minutes, pretty easy watch, you know, yeah. honestly. And the, and it's usually just a couple squash matches and then one good match at the end. I mean, yeah, pretty pretty nice. I mean, it's and then it slowly builds up. That was back when they had like the what the the five pay per views a year sure. when that first started, and so that was just kind of cool because you kind of like a slow lead up to the Royal Rumble or the King of the Ring or whatever, you know. Right now, to kind of change gears a little bit, um, name of the show is you know it's fake, right? Because I know that that's been the question most people get yep. from the average person, and you know everyone responds differently. I know early on in my career I would get real hot, like you know what we go through, you know, like. Right. But now I'm just kind of like, oh, really? You think I'm the only person that didn't get that memo? You know <laughs> right. what I mean? It's like, right? To me, it's never been about whether or not wrestling is real. Like, it's yeah, is it a? It's entertainment. It is what it is. Yeah. But at the same time, I would never look at a, at a stuntman and be like, oh, pfft, he ain't really getting punched. <laughs> right. I don't know. So that, that to me has always been a weird thing that people associate it with that. I mean, I don't know how many times I've gotten, you know, like, oh, you're a wrestler. Huh? I'm like, yeah. My, my cousin, he was a wrestler in college. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Nothing to do with what I'm doing. Like, right. like I think I've told you off the air, my new go-to is going to be like, oh, really? Well, I have a friend, Charlie. He's a uh, catering chef up in New York. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just because it's like, I can throw random information at you. It exactly. Makes, yeah. It makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but that was the thing that, I, that kind of inspired this show is there's been so many instances in my life where I've been asked weird questions. Yes. You being more just a fan, like you, you don't even really put it out there that much that you're a wrestling fan. Maybe right. on social media here and there, but not not a ton. What's it like for you when someone asks you or says things like that? I mean, it, it's one of high school. Like, obviously, get really pissed off when somebody tell you it's fake. You know, I mean, because I think at the time we knew, but like, not that we didn't even want to believe it. We just also knew that shit happened right you know we knew they got we knew they got hurt and so we tried to defend it but then it got got older and it's like i i I don't get it very often anymore but occasionally somebody will will give me the whole you know don't you know it's fake or whatever like i don't watch that fake crap and it's like (laughs) which is like wait what right right and it's it's like i mean we're kind of living in a fake world man like i mean everything on tv is fake i mean there's not much going on that is real so right might as well be entertained while we're watching something that's fake 
Yeah, and well, and that's you know, Gamble told a story on here. He was on episode one where he worked with a lady who was like, I can't, I can't, can't watch it because it's not real. Right. But then she's talking about how she loves The Bachelor. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, which we all know, reality shows are BS. Reality television is the name of the genre. Yes. It's not a real thing. Right. You know, it's it's way, way, I don't want to say scripted, but it's put together. You know? It, it might not be quote unquote scripted, but you have producers saying like, hey, I need you to do this. You know those people have makeup on. Right. I you mean, know when like the bachelor shows up at his parents' house, like you don't think they knew that they were coming? Right. It's not a big <laughs> shock. You well, know? hey, everybody in the camera crew didn't know you were coming right. by today. Like, even even though the camera showed dad opening the door from the inside. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I mean. And right. For some reason, it's like people can't put that together. Right. I don't know. It's so weird. Um, but again, I've never looked at, like, res- if wrestling was real in the sense of, like, a legitimate contest, I don't think it would be entertaining. No. If wrestling was real, there wouldn't be a, like, DDTs uh, or, or a lot of a lot of the movesets, like, like huge power bombs. I mean, you know, yeah. you know how many people would have died if oh, yeah. all this stuff was real? I mean, it would, it would literally be a professional version of amateur wrestling. That's, right. That's all it would be. And that would be boring as shit. Right. And no one would watch it. No. And so it's, it's one of those things. It's, it's, it is fun because it isn't like real quote unquote. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a big part of why it is still fun to me. Yeah. You actually did a little bit of training a few years ago. Yes. In the ring. What were, what were your thoughts? Did that like, did you develop more respect for what it's like to be in the ring? Oh, big time. I mentioned just a minute ago, I can't do a headlock takeover. That still pisses me off. Like, cause legit, that was a big reason why I was like, well, I'm, I'm done. Really? Cause you couldn't get it right. <laughs> I, well, and I mean, time, time wise, I knew at the time I was like way out of shape. Uh, I didn't really have all the time in the world to, to be really dedicating my time to it, yeah. you know? And I didn't want to be you're coming into it as like, you know, it was a hobby. Yeah, you had kids and a wife. Right. I mean, like it, it it would have been hard. It was something. It was something like I, I wanted to learn, but I obviously I had no aspirations, you know. And so, it. But I remember thinking like, well, I, I got the bump down. That was good. Uh, took took a while to get the bump down though, and then I got you know I started doing like little spots here and there. But then when we got that headlock takeover, like that was so simple looking, but so damn difficult. It's not easy. That like I. I remember the the last time I showed up, I was like, "If I can't do a damn headlock takeover, there's no way I can get any of this shit down." Like, and so I was just like, oh, "I guess," because like I said, time was kind of a factor anyway. I didn't really have a whole lot of time, and so I was kind of having to squeeze it in there every now and then. And and so I was like, "I guess I'm just done," you know. <laughs> it's one of those moves, and that was a hard move for me to get to yeah. because there's a there's so much to how you plant and taking care of the guy yeah. and flipping him over. And landing safely because you're landing basically right on top of his face, right? And so there's a lot to it, and yeah. and that's one of those things because it looks easy. Yeah, people know how to do it. Yeah, and well, and it's I remember so many times um, I would be shown the steps to how to how to have it done properly, but mm-hmm. then I would do it, do the steps and get it right, like through the slow steps, and they're like, okay, do it again but faster. You know, and it's like, well, I tried to do it again, but faster. And it's like, nope, did it wrong. Slow down. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, fuck. Oh, yeah. I mean, but I, every guy in the business yeah. has always had something like that. Yeah. What what always scared me or made me nervous was uh, taking the, the backflip 
uh, over the top rope to the floor. Oh, like Kane style? Or? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. clothesline over the top because that's such a... Oh, I never thought about that. God. Yeah, it, well, because basically, like, we had a battle royal coming up. Sure. And I'm like, I don't know how to go over the top rope. Yeah. Like, I, I was kind of nervous. I was like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. And um, I asked one of the guys, and he's like, okay, here, here's what you do. Hook with one arm, and then when you go, just use your momentum, put your left hand on the mat... Land on your feet and roll back. Sounds easy. Yeah. But that's, I mean, me and you aren't exactly backflip guys. Right? No, no, definitely not. And so when you when you put it in that perspective, and he was, you know, was Beer City Bruiser. If anyone, he's in Ring of Honor. He's the one that showed me how to do it. And he just went, doop, doop. And I was like, you make that look easy, but that there's something to that. Yeah. And and then I got to, I got to where I could do it, but I was still nervous to do it. Because mm-hmm. I was always afraid I'm going to lose the rope. Yeah. And then land on my head. Sure. But once I got comfortable, it, was, it became my favorite bump. Yeah. I love taking a clothesline over the top as a heel. Yeah. Because it's it's just, it's such a fun bump to take. Like, yeah. I love, Shawn Michaels always used to take a good one. Because yeah. it's a it's a good bump because usually the fans love seeing you flip over and take the big bump and sure. roll around and stuff. And that's great. But it is scary. Yeah. A back body drop was another one that's scary because you, when you go up and you post, you have to look up. If you tuck too soon, you land on your ass. Ah. And that does not feel good. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's one of those where you're up and you're just like, wait, 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 tuck. And that was so hard for me to get that. Ugh. Again, once I got it, I like taking it, but it was, it was hard. Yeah. And see, a lot of those I never really did. Now, the another thing that was really difficult, and a lot of people don't think about this, is anticipating the bump. Yes. That was one of the like things. Like if you're going to get clotheslined or something? Yeah. That was the thing that took me so long, too. It was like, because it, it was the same day once I got the bump down and did about 10 to 15 without you know, hurt myself and doing it right every time. Then it was like, okay, let's try, you know, a contact bump. And, and it was like, that was so much different because it's like, you're trying to remember how to do a bump while getting hit. And it's like that, it, that sucks. <laughs> Funny story about that. We, uh, we had a guy show up at training one time and I was giving him a tackle, which is, you know, pretty simple. Sure. Basically the pec meets yeah. and one guy hits and he anticipated the bump. And so Again, when you use <laughs> things like a tackle, a clothesline, whatever, I kind of you use that momentum to stop yourself. Yeah. Well, when he bumped early, I had nothing to stop me, so I kept moving forward and I stepped right on like his hip. Oh God! And he was just like, Ugh! like it was kind of like <laughs> almost on his ribs, but like right at right at his hip, and he was just like, Ugh! oh, brand God. new guy, and I mean, I felt horrible, but it's like, yeah, that's why you don't anticipate, right? And that's a very little thing, but that's how quickly things can change. Yeah. You know, like the, the little things that you'll see. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it, and that's, I think, to kind of go back to our original point, that's kind of what always got me hot. It's like, you're, you were a lifetime fan. Mm-hmm. That little bit in the ring really opened your eyes. Oh, yeah. And you have people like, I don't like it because it's not real. It's like, you don't understand what we, we do, though. There are incredible intricacies to, to learning how to become a professional wrestler. And it's, it's insane. I remember that. Even even just running the ropes. Yeah. That very first night when when uh, y'all had me running the ropes, I went home with bruises on my back. Oh yeah. And I think most everybody who's done it does. Because well, you think it's a rubber band, but then how does a two hundred pound man do it without right, breaking? Right. And it's it's nuts. And because I went home with the bruises on my back, but then like two weeks later from from being in there, it's like my back felt like a like solid wood, you know, mm-hmm. because it like not really scabbed up, but it like got it calloused, calloused to it. Yeah. And so it's, 
it was one of those. My neck did the same thing from taking the bumps and, and getting strong with the bumps. I you mean, kind of sore in your throat right here. Yeah, from the bumps because you're tugging your chin. Yeah, but it's like your neck got stronger, and it's like you could feel it too. It's like your posture is different, you yeah. know. And it's it's uh, it's it's wild. But I mean, another thing that um, really got me was like, and I, I never really figured out which one was right. But like the uh, we had to do this little short five minute like a practice match almost. And, and, uh, I, uh, we had to wrap it up. And so I told the other guy I was in there with like clothesline. I didn't realize that he was supposed to give me a clothesline. I thought clothesline meant I'm giving you a clothesline and we both clotheslined each other <laughs> and it became a really awkward thing. And so after the match, he's like, man, you were supposed to bump. And I was like, had no idea. <laughs> There's another one kind of with that where it happens where it's like we call it the dreaded double duck. Yeah. Duck the line. Both guys duck. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's one of those little things, but it it happens. Yeah. Communication is super hard. And I mean, yeah. I don't know how many times at Harley's camps we would see guys completely the distance of the ring. Clothesline me. <laughs> Run in and. And so, like, we would tell them, like, you can't do that. Yeah. It's like, well, we didn't put anything together. It's on the fly. It's like, it's learning how to work, you know. And that's, there's again, that's things that people don't get. The little intricacies of how you have two seconds to communicate someone. You're probably breathing hard. Oh, yeah. So it's a little harder to even communicate it. And oh, then yeah. you're not even sure if he got it. Right. But then sometimes I got to the point where I would look at your body language and I could tell, like, okay, he's not taking, he's not throwing one, so I got to, you know. Right. And you have to make that decision quickly. And things happen all the time. Oh, yeah. And I always told guys, you know, it's not a mistake. It was meant to happen. Yeah. Now you have to cover it and make it look like it was, that it was supposed to be a double clothesline, you right. know, or whatever. Again, going back, that's the part that's always kind of gotten me hot a little bit because it's like, people don't get that. Yeah. For some reason, they think it's scripted. I know people have said that to me before. I'm like, well, it's not scripted. They're like, well, yeah, it is. And I'm like, there's not a script. Yeah. So how is it scripted? Yeah. Well, yeah, but you know, it's it's like well, you don't know though. You've never done this before. Yeah. And I think people can associate, you know, with football, boxing, baseball. They've played this at some point in their life. So they understand it's not easy to hit a 100 mile an hour baseball, right? right? It's not easy to play football to get tackled and all this stuff because they've all done that. Pro wrestling is so different because very few people have actually done it. Yeah. And all the while that's great if you can do all this stuff safely. You also have to be a character, know how to get over. Right. That's all another thing too. Yeah, and that's something that's uh, a whole different ball game because we know. I mean, just being a fan, you know, tons of guys who are just incredible in the ring. Oh yeah. But they do nothing for you when they get on the mic. Sure. And it's just it's one of those things where it, it is. It's there's. I guess that's why they. Call it the X Factor. You know, some guys have it, some guys don't. Well, think about like uh, earlier this year, WWE released a lot of guys. I didn't see a lot of guys they released that sucked. No. And it's like there's certain guys like EC3 comes to mind. He can talk. He can work. Looks great. Yeah. Didn't didn't happen. Yeah. And ex people have asked me that, like, how come that guy didn't get shot? I'm like, oh, hell, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just things happen all the time. Th yeah. There's a million factors as to why someone may or may not get over. And that's the part about another thing about the wrestling business that people don't get. Um, now, now to kind of go more into your story, you you were doing like more heavy metal in high school, right? And probably after high school. Yeah. So like uh, my uh, my senior year, I, I was in a metal band up until like I think maybe two years after I graduated, and then um, got into this 
I, I like to call it indie post hardcore. It was like a weird little band called Captions, and then uh, that lasted till about I think oh six oh seven, and then yeah, the, then I was done with that and started rapping. And I know you've kind of told me before a big reason you started rapping is because you were tired of dealing with other people. This is like your own thing. <clears throat> yeah, well, it was that that second band I was in really kind of like burnt me on being in a band. I think I like different time. If I had the time now, I'd probably be in a band again, but like don't have the time. But, um, the, uh, there was a lot of, I get really frustrated with people telling me how to do my job. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, like, you know, the, uh, the guitarist of that band and I love the guy. He's a great guy, but he would always say like, Hey, don't say this, say this instead. And I'd be like, okay, like I'm, I'm not telling you how to play the guitar. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, leave me alone. You do you. Yeah. You know, um, a lot of ego, I'm sure. Yeah. And, and, and it, it, it came from both sides, you know, and, and, uh, it, it really kind of burnt me. So when I got into hip hop, it was like, okay, this is all, all on me, you know, yeah. you know, it's, I don't have Sinker anybody on your own, right? Right. I don't have anybody trying to tell me what to do and I can, I can write what I want to write and say what I want to say. And, yeah, it was, I mean, it, it was kind of a perfect fit, you know. What's it like for you to write a song, release it? I mean, because obviously you write it, you record it, put it together, probably edit, mess around with it and all yeah. that stuff, and you finally put it out there, people to hear it and, like, put it over. Is that, like, what's that feeling like? Because that's probably a huge process from start to end. Well, it's it's a it's an appreciation thing. It's like a, like, I, I appreciate it because I know like if somebody's listening to it and they really enjoy that song, it's like a, that sense of accomplishment, sure. you know? And it's like, nice, you know, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a good feeling because it, know, it lets me know that that, that hard work that I just put in on, on whatever song it was, it, it, it really, it, it paid off. Even if it's just like one or two people, you know, yeah. it's like, that's, that's all that matters is that somebody's listening. And that's so much about making money. It's just like, I want to make something that people dig. Yeah. 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 And it's, I don't know. It's it's happened a few times. Like what this uh, last year, twenty twenty, somebody said like one of their most listened to songs was like Ted DiBiase, and that was like I saw that on Twitter. That you were like, holy crap! That's you know? badass. That's something I never would have thought would have happened. So I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah, I, and I think that that's really cool. And I think it's also I dig the fact that we're in a world now, like with record. I mean, we're recording this in my house, this podcast, right. right? You know, we don't have to go to like a studio or whatever. Sure, yeah. You can make your own music. You can at your house yeah. and release your album and yeah. people can stream it. They can buy it. I mean, that's, that's really cool stuff. Yeah. Um, being a rapper, obviously being a white guy and a rapper, yeah. that's got a certain connotation to it. I'm sure. I don't see you being the type of guy that just tells people like <laughs> that. I'm, you know, like I, right, right, I do, yeah. do hip hop music. It's just, to me, though, being a wrestler, hearing that, I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. But I, I, I know the reaction I get from people because I don't put it out there either, usually. Yeah. But they always find out. And the questions come in. And it's just like, oh, my God, here we go. So what that's, what's that like for you in like real life when people find out, oh, you're, you're a rapper? Well, and I think it's also surprising to people, too, because I don't, uh, I don't appropriate black culture. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I dress like a white guy. I, I have yeah. a like big, right now you're wearing a flannel. You right. Know? Like, I look like Al Borland most of the time, you know? <laughs> and so, like, I think when people hear that, they kind of get surprised. But it's it's not something I promote because people get really awkward. And, and they uh, – I've also – I mean, I've gotten people that, like, 
try to make fun of me about it, which it's like, you expect that. Cause it's like a white guy, especially now that I'm in my thirties, a white guy rapping. It's like, it's not really a cool thing to do. You sure. know, you're not going through your cool phase anymore, but like it's, a. Uh, you get a lot of weird reactions too. And, and like, uh, I, I, this one always sticks out in my mind. We hired this guy, um, at work. And for some reason people just like to tell the new guys that I rap, you know, I don't know why, I don't know why the supervisors at, at my job think that's a fun thing to do. It's no different from my job. Right. The guy right there, he's pro wrestler. Right. And I think it's because it's, <coughs> it's, it's different than like the norm. Yeah. Maybe. And I probably, no one you work with knows another rapper. Right. So it's like they have to bring it up, you know? Yeah. And so we had this one guy come in and they, of course, let him know. And uh, he was riding with me that day because I had to train him. And Is it Cheech? It was not Cheech. <laughs> it was not Cheech. Uh, uh, this Preach? No, it, it wasn't Preach either. This, this guy was actually cool. Uh, he was... Uh, he was an older guy, but he came, got in the truck, and the very first thing at like six thirty in the morning, he just starts rapping, and and I can't even remember what it what it was. He said he started rapping, and then about halfway through, he's like, "I'm sorry, man, you're the rapper here, not me." And I was just like, "Yeah." <laughs> well, like, like what what are, what are you expecting to get out of this? Right, what am I supposed to say to that? Like, yeah, like I like I don't. I don't even like listening to the radio in the mornings, like, because yeah. it's like I'm still trying to wake up. Sure, peace well, and quiet. Right? Last thing I want to hear is somebody rapping in my ear. You know, I don't even like that when I am awake. It's just such a weird thing to do, right? And I think sometimes when people hear something like that, yeah, that they immediately have a million questions, right? And it's not questions you want to answer. Yeah. I, I go back to like the whole wrestling thing. Like, I don't know how many times I've gotten. I remember, like, I was telling. Uh, I was telling a guy earlier, I was wearing an Elvis Aliaga shirt at Walmart one time. Yeah. Several years ago. This older guy in front of me turned around and goes, Elvis Aligia. See one of them cage fighters? And I was like, you know it. He's like, <laughs> I thought he was. I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, did you see him fight last night? He's like, yeah, sure did. Oh, boy, he got that. Oh, boy, didn't he? I was like, oh, you know it. And I'm just like, this guy's so full of shit. Right. You know? And it's, I'm just, I'm laughing about it. And that, but that's easier than. Well, no, he's actually a pro wrestler. He's right. one of my friends. Right. Because that's going to start a conversation that I don't want to have. Of course. And and for some reason, me and you, we get a lot of the weird interactions yes. from people. Yeah. You know, I'm, you know, one of my favorites is when you come out of the grocery store and the lady's like, oh, I can smell the onion rings. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't know, and I don't know why rapping is so weird to to i mean i don't want to say weird but like maybe unusual to them or it's, foreign yeah i mean i also I, I really do i think it's because i don't fit the bill of yeah. a of a white rapper yeah i mean in in that particular thing i always equate it to like just the weirdness of it i always equated to like somebody found out you're a pro wrestler and tried to come in and put you in the headlock you know yeah. and it's like it's the same scenario just in two different worlds and it's it's just like just a bizarre thing i think yeah. and if people were to tell coworkers that I make music. I think that's different, you know, because then I can be the one to say like whether or not I do rap, you know, cause it's like, I really don't care for people to know that about my life. Like not even just that, just like my life in general. Like right. I want people to know, I'll let them know. Well, cause they probably at work, they, they don't call you Bane. I assume every now and then I got this douchebag supervisor who does, but yeah. like, it's not an everyday thing. And and that's and that's a thing is like that's a big reason why I didn't use my real name for wrestling. Right. Probably, I mean, obviously you come up with a persona and stuff like that, but 
it's one of those things where it's just like, like you know, yeah. it, it's in a weird way. It's it's kind of harassment, I guess. It is, yeah. And it's just for some, and I think because they're uncomfortable and they don't know how to react yeah. to something like this. It's a it's a thing that's like it's a form of harassment that's so under the table. If you complained about it, it would just get laughed off, right? You know, because it's not blatant. You know, mm-hmm. it's just kind of a kind of a stupid deal. Right, and I think that's a big reason why. Like I, every every awkward silence at work, yeah, just happened three days ago. Yeah, I'm washing my hands. Guy next to me is like, "So you gonna get back into the ring? Do yeah. some wrestling?" <laughs> I was just like, "Nope." Yep, that was it. And I, he was like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> I'm just like, it, nothing yeah. against the guy. It's just like, yep, you know, like you know the schedule I work here. Like, do you even think that would be possible? Of course not. Like, right. it's just, it's that weird weird thing about it and I don't and I don't know I don't I don't know how I guess that's the part about wrestling that I never thought of going into it I'm sure you probably didn't think about it with music right yeah being a young kid just want to want to make music you didn't think oh I have to get a real job and right everyone's going to know about it and find out about it and oh god here we go well and I think I think uh, I I made the mistake of putting all my eggs in the proverbial basket yeah and uh, you know and now it's like 10-15 years later here I am but like it's it's one, yeah, and and I think I think when you're young, you think of like people your age surrounding you. you yeah, know? yeah, and yeah. now it's like now it's like that. I'm older. Everybody who would probably be fans of my music is now like the same age as I was when I first started. And right. it's like, do I even want that fan base? Like, <laughs> right. like do I want a bunch of like 19, 20 year olds coming up to me? Like, it's like no. Well, and <laughs> pandemic aside, you probably think the, the hip hop clubs you'd have to be playing and probably don't sound fun to be in. No, they, they legit. And the, there's a couple of places here in the Tulsa area that are like, they're, they're, they're nice to be in, but like, I still want to go home after my sure, shit. Yeah. And it's also one of those things being a quote unquote local talent. It's kind of bad to do your set and go home. Like yeah. it's like, you have to stay at least three or four sets afterwards, you know, and just to, just to, be like respectful, almost. Oh, uh, quote unquote, get heat, you know. Yeah, and, and it's and I'm sure it's, it's it's one of those faux pas that right. Yeah, and I'm sure it's the same way in wrestling. If you, if you're an opener, it's probably a dick move to go home after the opener. Sure, you know well, the weirdest thing in wrestling that I still don't. People ask me a lot. I don't know the right answer, and that they say when you go there, introduce yourself, to shake hands with everyone. Yeah. So what guys will do if me and you were in a conversation like now, a guy would come up, stand right there, and wait. I don't like that. No. I don't know anyone that likes that. Yeah. And finally, it'd be like, "Hi," and he'd be like, "Hi, I'm so and so." It's like nice to meet you. He'd introduce himself to you because you're right there. Right. Then he'd leave. And yeah. We go back to the conversation. Another guy comes up and waits. Yeah. And I'm just like, to, people ask me, I'm like, maybe just be a normal human being. Yeah. You know, people are in a conversation, maybe don't interrupt. Right. Or like, like just maybe wait till they're passing by. Exactly. You know, I. And the thing is, is like that was one thing I remember because there for a while I was commentating for that local promotion here in mm-hmm. town and. And not commentating, ring announcing. And I remember doing that like there too. And that was just, I'm, I'm not a, not that I'm not a personable guy. I'm just not a like searching to make friends type of guy. And so I'm very much in my own little world. And like, and so for me to have to, cause I know that's a respect thing in the wrestling business. And like, and like, is someone really going to be upset? Right. And it's like, I, I remember, um, there was a, I remember after one show, I actually got worried because 
I can't remember what the guy's name is. He um, had the is he might be Evan Bourne's brother. Oh, Matt Side Mike Seidel. Mike Seidel. He was at a show, and I think there was three shows that I was there when he was there. First time I we introduced ourselves to each other. Second time he just came up to me, started talking, and we chatted for a little bit. Third time. I didn't go up to him and he didn't go up to me. And I like, because I know the way things are, I felt like I was like, did I piss him off or something like that? Because yeah. I didn't go up and talk to him. Like I was really worried about that. And it's like, this is dumb. Right. Why do people get so up in arms about that? And it's, I mean, I've also seen guys come up to everyone locker room. Hi, 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 hi. Right. Not even making eye contact. I'm like, is that better? No, I don't think so. No, I, mean, I feel like that's more disrespectful than just not saying anything. Hundred percent. I, I do remember. I met a guy in Texas one time. He walked in this locker room, probably fifty people in there, and he just went, "How's it going, man?" Like almost yeah. like that big sigh. Like here we go. I and I shake hands with fifty people. I think it's one of those things. If if you're in a locker room and there's maybe like two or three guys, sure, introduce yourself. Right. But if there's like twenty or thirty people, I think a blanket. Hey, everybody, how's it going? Sure. I think that's way better than like yeah. Hi, hi. Hi. I mean, that's because then it's just like, good Lord, go down the line, dude. So I don't think I've ever told you this before. When I was in Florida doing my training, we had three training classes and they kind of alternated. They did one that was eight to 11, which was actually my favorite. Yeah. 8 a.m. Get done by 11. Go eat lunch. Rest of the day is mine. Loved it. Yeah. But they wouldn't. It was so weird because we would get at 11. So you take your boots off, put your stuff in your bag or whatever. No one wanted to be the first guy to leave. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of like dawdle to get undressed oh, and stuff, because if you were the first guy to leave, there's always that comment: "Oh, first guy at the door, huh? This guy definitely wants to be a superstar." Jeez. But then it would be the point they finally be like, "Guys, go home. Right, we got a new class coming in." Yeah, and then everyone would leave. It was just like that walking on eggshells. And I'm like, I'm looking at it like I'm gonna go eat, go to the gym, go to tan, and then you know get my dinner. Like, yeah, that's my day. I want to get the freaking hell out of here so i can do that you know well, and i think it's also one of those things where it's like if you're visibly seeing everybody else is going home what's the big deal if you're the first one out the door right. like who the hell cares because they have something to hold over you right but if like there's still guys in the ring maybe maybe hang back and you know see if there's something you need to be doing too yeah but if everybody's getting undressed and getting back in their street clothes like what the hell's the point it's super weird. Yeah. Super weird. And, and that's always been the part about the wrestling business that I've never enjoyed. No. And just so many different weird little faux pas that you can. Right. Like I remember a couple of years ago, the Young Bucks got a lot of heat with Booker T because they didn't introduce themselves to him in the locker room. And I'm like. I remember that because didn't the Young Bucks say like, well, we didn't see him. Yeah. That, that's right. We never saw him. We didn't know right. he was there. Right. Do you think he was mad that someone didn't shake his hand or that these guys with steam and buzz didn't? That's probably more what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think there's ever been an extra that didn't shake his hand? Yeah. Because they didn't see him or he was busy or whatever? Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I I remember being an extra with this other guy and he would interrupt every conversation to shake hands. And I remember, like, the funniest, you'll enjoy this story. His name was Kevin. I'll never forget this guy. One time he comes up, he goes, Oh, I haven't talked to Big Show yet. And he goes, Hey, Big Show, I'm Kevin. He's like, hey, Kevin, how are you doing? He's like, I'm doing right. Can I get, can I get you anything? You need anything? He's like, no, no, I'm, I'm good. I just want to introduce myself. He goes, well, great. I'm glad you introduced yourself. It's nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> and it, here's the thing. The dumb shit didn't even realize, like, he's being sarcastic. Right, he was pissed off. Yeah, yeah like, leave me the fuck alone. You know, right. it's, it's kind of one of those things. But it's 
of course, made me nervous. I'm like, oh god, I don't want to be the, I don't want to go introduce myself, right? You know, because yeah. it's, it's nerve wracking. But I pass him the halls. Like, hey, doing sir? You know, and he, and he was super cool. Yeah. But I think it's like they can spot that. You know. Of course, yeah. I knew a guy one time. Orton was doing had a promo. He was trying to memorize in his hands. He turns a corner. A guy puts his hand out real quick, knocks the papers out of his hands. Oh shit! And and Orton, I guess, it just looks at him like th- that. Like, what in the hell is wrong with you? Right. But I think also too, when people get nervous, kind of like. Oh yeah, you're a rapper. Finding out I'm a pro wrestler. Yeah, they go against like normal human things. Yep. And that, and I think that's always going to be the weird thing. And that's, I don't know about you, like a lot of the guys I work with, I'm Facebook friends with, so I don't post anything on Facebook. Yeah, that's. I'm not gonna put over wrestling hardly. Right. Very very seldom. That's a big part of why I've toned down my Facebook quite a bit, and I quit posting on there is because it's like it's a lot of family, it's a lot of coworkers. Yes. It has completely sucked the fun out of Facebook. And that's where I, I'm actually trying to be more active on my Brian Breaker page on there. Because yeah. I, I'm like, well, that's going to be people that actually want to hear about this. Yes. Because I don't know about you, but there's nothing worse than I you post something and some random family member comments and you're just like, oh, God. Yep. And like, you don't even know how to how to go forward with that. Right. Yeah. And it's just, it's the, the fun of Facebook has completely died down. And I think that's why Twitter is such a great place. Absolutely. You know. Yeah, Twitter and Instagram, man. Follow and unfollow. Absolutely. So it's weird. But anyway, man, um, this has kind of been fun, you know, just yeah. kind of shooting the shit on, on different things like that. Uh, obviously, I want to throw out a plug to your music. All your stuff's on. We we'll plug it on Power Hour every week, obviously, but it's on It's on Apple, Spotify. People can stream it. Yep, absolutely. Kind of a, is it weird to you having a completely different, like, medium as far as music, like with CDs and things kind of being a thing of the past? Yeah, and it's one of those things where it's like I still like. Of course, this year has been totally different because I haven't done any shows. But like, thinking not about true, you've done two. Well, in your house I, I've done two in your houses, but like physical it in in a building other than my house shows, I haven't done those. But which like, I actually really enjoyed those, man. I, I enjoy those too. I've actually thought now that it's cooler outside, going back in there and doing them again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like, I I just haven't. Oh yeah, it's it's in it's it's in the room with no central heat and air. Yes. So, uh, which I remember uh, that was kind of the, always the tagline I liked liked about the bane of your ears. You yeah. did a few years ago, the deep freeze. Yes. Yeah, it was cold as yeah. hell. Because when I started that podcast, it was I started in the winter time and it was like always just cold as shit in that room. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I I'll probably do I'll probably do some more of those here pretty soon. But um, but yeah, it's it's one of those things with the CDs. It's like I. I still want to order them and like have those on hand for like, if I do shows, but at the same time, like they're kind of, they're kind of pricey. And it's like, I know I I still have some from uh, 2010 that I never got rid of. So it's like, do I really want to spend money on new ones? And that's, and that's a thing is like, if you gave me a CD, I don't even know if I have anything to play it on. Right. (laughs) You know, like I'm pretty sure my car doesn't have a CD player. Yeah. Um, I, I, the car I have now, I remember just being super stoked that it had like the USB port. I'm like, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can listen to anything, well, you know, or podcast or music or whatever. Well, I'm like mine's got Bluetooth, and it's like I don't even plug nothing up to my car anymore. It's oh, like, yeah. oh god, this is amazing. It's so it's so it's so crazy, right? But yeah, I've always kind of wondered what that's like. I, to me, like when I got a, my first iPod. Yeah, I thought, oh my god, yeah. this is I can have two hundred fifty songs on here, and it this was such a awesome. complicated process to get it on there because you yeah. had to download iTunes, you had to rip the CD into iTunes, and then finally put it on your iPod. And yeah, yeah, it was it was kind of chaotic, so weird. But I mean, now like all those songs on iTunes that I had bought are still like in my library. Yeah, 
10 years ago. Right. Which is wild, you know? Like, right. So weird. But it, I don't know. It's a process. But obviously, man, um, you got a lot, of, a lot of side projects to Average Panda Gear. Yep. That's, that's a fun one. I know you kind of basically wanted to do a workout you know, gear for the yeah. average guy. Yeah. So for the guys, and I, I, I equate this to, to, I always compare it to the rocks project rock. I mean, it's his whole thing is like hardest work in the room. It's like my whole thing is like, Hey, I showed up to the gym. I'm here for cheat meals. Right. Yeah. Which is, it's kind of a fun, I think obviously launching time of that was probably the worst timing ever. It was. And it was one of those things I didn't even want to launch it when I launched it, but I realized like, Oh shit, I'm already paying for the website. Yeah. So like I might as well, but it would be one of those things. Like you see a guy in the gym, if they get crowded again, like he's wearing a shirt that says like, you know, it's taco Tuesday or whatever. whatever right. The, like I'm only here for tacos and stuff. And I'm like, huh? Yeah. Nice. Nice shirt. You know, and right. that's, and that's kind of the, the idea, right? Yes. It's supposed to, it's kind of like a parody of those, like hard, badass gym t-shirts like it's like you see a guy says beast mode and this one says heavyweights and cubby cakes right yeah Yeah. it's it's supposed to just be like a parody of all that shit so yeah check it out averagepandagear.com it's good stuff then of course outsiders beard co i know oddly enough when we kind of first started podcasting you kind of started doing this beard balm and i never even heard of beard balm yeah right and then it kind of it kind of hit, and you see a lot more internet companies hit with it and stuff like that. But um, you brought it back as Outsiders Beard Co. I dig the stuff, man. It's yeah, thank beard you. balm, beard oil. You've kind of ventured off now to lip balm and yep. candles, all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah, so lip balm and candles, man, those are part of the gift sets that I, I incorporated, uh, started with last Christmas. And it's, um, yeah, it's been, it's been fun. I mean, it's done it's done a lot better than I had hoped, especially for the COVID season. So yeah, man. I was uh, I was I was pretty excited about it. Well, I think it's really cool because um, I think with uh, you called it Bang's body maintenance before. You had a few different scents, but you've made a lot more since then. Yeah, yeah, and I've, I've really branched out, and I mean, I've I, I'm still working on things that I can do to kind of create more exclusivity, if that's a word, um, and and have my own things. I've thought of like doing like like scent of the month clubs and things oh, like nice. that, you know. But I'm st- I'm still trying to workshop some of that stuff, but. Uh, but yeah, there's there's a lot more I can do these days, and, and it, which just wasn't available back in 2015. So it's a uh, it's kind of cool. Well, I know like when you you know I don't because of my job I can't really have a beard. I have a bit of a soul patch these days, which yep. is about all I can keep. Yeah. Um. Besides a mustache, but I just I, I that was that was hard to wear all the time. Was it? It was. Ah. I mean, I had it for a little bit. You remember? Oh yeah, I remember. It was mustache. just like everyone had a comment. Really? Yeah. I was like, oh, nice stash. Yeah. Every every time, it's just yeah. like. I thought about bringing mine back, dude. You had you had a you had like the Dan Severn mustache. I did. It was, I, it was I, manly. It was a lot better than I thought it was going to be because I always yeah. I always look at my facial hair. I'm like, I don't have much of a mustache, but then when I cut it, I was like, damn, <laughs> it's all there. That's a good one. Yeah, uh, it's <laughs> I don't know. Like that might be something fun, but I think but I feel like it'd be weird if we both had them. All <laughs> <It would be>. <laughs> <laughs> village people looking mfers over here. Yeah, well, it's 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 weird. Guys, our dad's age with the mustache is not weird at all. Right. There's like two or three guys i work with all have mustaches i grow when everyone has a comment i'm like what the hell you i know? think it's because we're not in our 60s <laughs> it's gotta be right i mean I, yeah. I i don't know why but it's like all these freaking guys have mustaches no one says shit to them you know but right i grow one it's like oh nice stash you know yeah i don't know so weird yeah 
It must be an age thing. Because my dad had one. He was like 30s. And no one, right. It was normal. Yeah. Well, and, and also, too, your dad grew up in that time where that was a common facial hair. Yeah. Like, kind of like It's kind of like today's version of the beard, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But going back to what I was saying with the, with the beard balm, that's not something I ever thought about using. But, man, when I, w- I was more of a balm guy. That, that one's when I always yeah. liked more. Some guys like the oil more. Uh, but I remember, like, I can tell even just your beard now, you've got some in. Yes. And it, it really does make it look better, feel better, the whole deal. Yeah, it makes it look look better. It makes it feel better. It keep, helps keep it in place. Um, and it, it it does wonders. I mean, it's got vitamin E oil in it. Mm-hmm. So, like, it, it's probably good for your skin. It's right? very good for your skin. Actually, usually what I do is because there's always a little bit left over. Instead of, like, washing my hands off, I just rub that Absolutely. shit in. Because, yeah. I mean, it's that vitamin E oil and coconut oil, it moisturizes your skin, too. So, and the shea butter. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's got great stuff in it, and it's um, it's great for your skin. I, I mean, I highly recommend it if you if you know somebody with a beard. So, definitely check it out. Absolutely, and new scents all the time, which is yes, and which is fun. And we have seasonal too. So like yeah, so uh, we're right in the middle of winter. So like right now, we have different scents than what we had in the fall. And yeah. So it's it's good times. I dig it, man. Uh, one one last thing I will touch on before I let you go here. Um, this will air a few months from now, but uh, you have ventured into another podcast, much like I'm doing with the one and only 18-year veteran, Bill Venus. Yes, and <laughs> that's that's a that's such a fun one, man. It's one of those things where uh, I mean, it's, it's in a way, it's like an, almost an improv sketch comedy type thing. It is, yeah. It's it's. I mean, not not to peel the curtain back too far, but it's I mean, obvious what it is it, without saying it. Right. So, like, we've we've been it's very good so, about never actually saying it. Right. But it's it's I I've had fun doing it, and it's one of those things where I, while recording it, uh, even just at my house, I, I I find myself laughing at some of the things that are said, and it's 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 good it's also stuff. such a huge departure from who you are. Yeah. Which I think is kind of the where the humor comes in. I mean, because. You came up with that character, what, 2015 probably? Yeah. 2015, 2016, somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah. and like, I remember, I'll never forget you, like, what about this? And you pitched the name, and I was like, yes. Yeah. That's it. I mean, that's yeah. that's exactly what it is. And I think you kind of modeled it after goofy people who yep. think they're big deals. Right. Yes, absolutely I did. You yeah. know, and... There's, there's always like a couple of people who come to mind, but yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely modeled after the people who like have maybe been in the business, but have like done nothing in the business or like who wrestled for a little bit, but like act like they've been biggest things in the world, you know? And, and I would have never guessed people like that existed in wrestling, but they absolutely do. Yeah. Well, and I, I think we came up with the character because we were kind of dealing with that here in Oklahoma Mm -hmm. a little bit and. And so it was, it was just one of those things where it kind of blocked, but it, it became something else because originally it was supposed to just be this fake world where Bill Benis interviewed other people. And then it became this thing where like Bill Benis wanted to just do a wrestling podcast, talk about wrestling and things like that. And it became something where I, it would just get, you know, just swerved every, every week. And it wasn't, had never had anything to do with wrestling. What made you decide to bring that back? Because you you hadn't really done anything with it for probably a couple of years, yeah. And then you you had kind of told me like I'm going to start you know no holds barred back with Bill Venus, and I'm like, oh okay, yeah. And and I feel like that's when it kind of once took a little bit more people started figuring out what it was, and it kind of became a thing, yeah. 
Um, but what was what was your thinking on like let's do this again? Honestly, what what had happened was uh, Will Ferrell started the Ron Burgundy podcast. Yeah, and that when that came very, out, very satire type stuff. Yeah, and it was, and of course, like the longer he did it, the more I, I didn't care for it. But like, it was the very beginning. It was just so funny to me because it was like this is the Ron Burgundy character, but he's trying to do a podcast. I was like, this is amazing. And probably all I I haven't listened and he, all over the place and stuff. He, he was terrible at it, but like, and then he had a uh, female co-host who was like essentially what Bane is on that show, just like just kind of the straight lace, like, no, you're wrong, you know, and, and basically doing exactly what I'm doing, but it's, it was just such a funny show. And I, I remember that first season, I just I fell in love with it. And I, and so I was like, well, I'm going to try that on my end. Does and he still do that? He doesn't. He, at least he hasn't posted anything in probably six to eight months. I yeah. mean, cause it was, it was seasonal too. He would do like eight to 10 episodes and be done. Is that where you got the idea? Yeah. Yeah. And so, a little bit goes a long way with that too. Absolutely. And it became one of those things where like I knew I needed to stop so I could get some more ideas. Yeah. And because if it was just a week to week thing where Bill was trying to be funny and Bane was trying to like rain, ring him down, like it would stop being funny. Yeah. And so it, uh, it really helped out only doing like 13 episodes at a time. And actually this past season because of, COVID and everybody being at home and me not being able to record, there was only like eight episodes, I think. So, um, it'll, it'll probably get back to normal and I'm, I'm excited to do it, but yeah, it's, it's been a fun journey, man, doing that show. It's definitely just such a, a ridiculous thing. Yeah. And like, I, I, not to peel back the curtain too much, but I know somebody that we went to high school with, I guess got on Facebook cause they got a notification. Bill Venus is on Instagram. Like who yes. the hell is Bill Venus? Yes. Yeah. And they, <laughs> yeah, they, they got that notification because I used my contact information to sign up, and they're like, "Who the hell is this Bill Benis character?" Yeah, yeah, yeah so funny. <laughs> but yeah, that's and that's the to me the cool thing about podcasting is so many different avenues you can go and so many different things you can do. Right? Yeah, so, it's cool stuff, man. Well, anyway, dude, I appreciate you being on, man. Absolutely, man. Anytime. Good times. All right, we are back here to close up the show for episode eight. Uh, again, big shout out to Big Underscore Bane. Um, we, we plug his stuff on Power Hour, but I'm going to throw it out here. Check out his music, um, Spotify, Apple, pretty much wherever you get your tunes. Um, it's pretty easy to find, B-A-Y-N, just like it's spelled. Big shout out to Big Chuck for always misspelling his name. <laughs> but, um, I, you know, I own all of his albums on iTunes. He's got a couple of singles there as well. I think it's iTunes or Apple Music. I'm not sure but how all that stuff works, but... Um, of course, he's got um, How I'll Make It, which is an album I think he did in like 2012. So it's going on, what, almost 10 years old now. Uh, Bane's World and then Banemania. And here's the thing. I know he's working on a fourth one. And he's told me he's kind of take his time and make sure it's exactly how he wants it to be, which is great. And um, and when that's done, I would like to uh, have him on again to talk about the process of making the album because I think that's great. So it's cool to get to talk to him and stuff and like I said check out his music if you guys stream it he actually makes a little bit of money every time someone streams a song so that's what I actually do this is just me maybe in my weird OCD way I don't know I always buy the songs but if I want to listen to him I usually stream them because I know he makes a little extra dough off that that's not much but every little bit helps right so if you can stream a song once a day you know in 10 15 20 30 40, 50, 200, 300, 400, 500 people do that. Starts to add up a little bit. So, and 
He's got a lot of great tunes out there. I know a lot of people have their personal favorites. Mine's always going to be Mark Music. I just think that that is such a amazing way to incorporate so many different wrestlers into one song. Just absolutely phenomenal. Um, I have a soft spot for Paul Orndorff. I was in the music video, number one. If you have not checked that out, uh, there's a match with me and Rex Andrews that we did at Compound Pro Wrestling in 2017. Um, Rex Andrews is a guy I'd like to have on the show at some point. Amazing performer. And uh, we had a pretty kick-ass match that night. And we actually tore apart the ring. Tore off the ring mat. The ring mat was uh, already kind of getting torn, and so the promoter had an idea. Like, what do you think? I'm down for that. Uh, What I didn't factor in, tearing that ring mat in the... uh, in the middle of a match while I was blown up was a lot harder than you think because it was like a vinyl mat. It wasn't a canvas, but we actually exposed the boards, the whole deal. It was a, it was a pretty cool pretty cool moment, and that's captured in the uh, Paul Orndorff music video, which is also the outro song here. So lots of, lots of great tunes. Um, I highly recommend checking them out. Um, On Fire, Night Lights are his singles that are available. Just, just great stuff. So check all that stuff out. And um, and check out uh, No Holds Barred with Bill Benis. Ah, why not? You know, I listen to it for Bane, not for Bill Benis. I still don't like that guy. I owe him a slap too. <laughs> but anyway, thank you guys for checking out. You know, it's fake, right? And next week, boy, do I have a guest for you. Actually, I don't even want to say that because it makes me sound like an idiot. Uh, the guest next week is me. You're probably thinking, wait a minute, are you talking to yourself for an hour? No, 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 no. Let me tell you the situation here. Here's what happened. So I. Uh, I shoot a little text message over to a good friend of mine named Jeff Toon. A lot of you guys know him from the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. And um, I've known Jeff since about 2016. I've done Fully Posable. Been a you know, life you know, listener since then. Uh, he's been on Power Hour before, him and his brother Scott. And I was like, hey man, I'd like to have you on this new show. What do you think? And he's like, okay, yeah, let's do it. We set up a time, a place, we're ready to roll. Not a place, I mean like through Skype. But we set up a time to do it. And we're ready to roll. And he goes, hey, I got a question. How would you feel if I interviewed you? I feel like you have a lot of good stories that a lot of people don't hear. And I'm like, well, yeah, sure. So he, he turned the turntables on me right there, like right before I was about to hit the record button. So next week, uh, I am the guest uh, interviewed by Jeff Toon from Fully Posable. So I don't know. Maybe it'll be fun. It'll be different. Not something I plan to do all the time because I do like, I feel like my story's told in the process of other people telling their story. Um, bits and pieces are always kind of told, so I don't like to be the focal point necessarily, but I think it's kind of fun to do different things, which I think this being a weekly interview, a weekly guest, I do need to kind of change the format up from time to time, which I have some ideas to do that. So anyway, uh, that will be next week's show. I will be the guest. How wild is that? Me and me and Jeff. So, um, but don't worry. I talked to Jeff. I was like, okay, if I do this, you have to come back for an individual episode as well. So that will be coming up in here in a few weeks. Jeff Toon will be on the show to for an interview just with him. So definitely looking forward to that. Thank you guys for checking out. You know it's fake, right? And uh, rating and review always helps. So if you have rated it, I thank you. If you haven't, I understand. But take this moment to, uh, to go in there and give me a little rating. That definitely helps. And uh, I have one bad rating, which um, is kind of an unfortunate thing. I think somebody thinks I stole their idea, which I didn't. Um... It's kind of a long story. I don't want to dive too deep into it, but someone started uh, Instagramming me that I stole their podcast name. And when I do a new, you know, project, I Google, I search the podcast apps, and nothing came up, and nothing still comes up. So I don't know if they're responsible for the bad review. I hope not. 
because um, I didn't steal anything. Uh, I didn't even know about their show. And if they want to do a show called this, that's fine. Like my show is my show, your show is your show. It's it's all good. We can all coexist. There's a lot of podcasts out there, so that's where a bad review came in. And uh, it's disappointing when you get a bad one because you're like, oh, I didn't. I don't feel like I deserve that. I feel like this show's doing pretty well, and most people seem to be enjoying it. So if you have a moment to give me a a, a five star review, I'd greatly appreciate it. And remember, as the great Johnny Valentine always said, I cannot make you believe that wrestling is real, but I sure as hell can make you believe that I am. I'm Brian Breaker. This has been You Know It's Fake Right. We will see you next week. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Wonderful. I've been around for a minute, and I can stand toe-to-toe with the best of the minute. Don't give a damn about critics They talk a lot, but at the end of the night I'm selling the tickets All the tough guys avoid me The ladies all adore me Paparazzi record me I can put on a clinic All my opposers are born